thank you for downloading this in-ear entertainment podcast. You're listening to Shakespeare's Sonnets. Sonnet 103. Alack, what poverty my muse brings forth, that having such a scope to show her pride, the argument or bear is more worth than when it hath my added praise beside. Oh, blame me not, if I no more can write. Look in your glass, and there appears a face that overgoes my blunt invention quite, dulling my lines and doing me disgrace. Were it not sinful then, striving to mend, to mar the subject that before was well? For to no other pass my verses tend than of your graces and your, your, and your gifts to tell. And more, much more than in my verse can sit, your own glass shows you when you look in it. That was Sonnet 103 of Shakespeare's Sonnets. I am Mark Chadley, and I am joined, as always, by the slightly unshaven... <laughs> Jerry Hillis. I'm growing my beard. It's getting winter time. I need something to keep my face warm. It's good. It's actually looking very good, if I can say that. So, so, says the guy who also is, is unshaven. I, yeah, but I do mine intentionally. <laughs> you, you, I can't tell whether you're doing it intentionally or whether it's just because you're a hobo student person. I'm not a student. I haven't been a student for years. <laughs> you, in my head, you're a, a perpetual student. You're one of those European perpetual students. They're in your thirty-fives and still studying. In, in my seventh year of my bachelor. Exactly. Oh dear, I don't think I could deal with that. No. I mean, I want to go back, but but yeah, I I want a degree and a degree and a degree, not um... a master's and a PhD and a yeah yeah yeah. I think if I ever won the lottery other than lots of holidays and cars and, and houses, I would go to university and just study all the degrees that I've really wanted to do. Yeah. I want a PhD in creative writing, but funding for that is pretty much impossible. Yeah. Yeah, and you have to... Uh, I'd have to find someone who likes my writing first, who was a lecturer. <laughs> <laughs> That's what. I'd... There are people who do like my writing, but generally not people who teach writing, which is probably a <laughs> a bad thing. Oh dear. Sonnet 103. What did you think of Sonnet 103? I, I, when I read, the, well, when you read the uh, the couplet out loud at the end, and more, much more than my brain just went, then this, I did it my <laughs> way. <laughs> which, Shakespeare. which is about as much poetry as I got out of this sonnet. Excellent. Shakespeare bursting into song. It's, it's very similar, I think, to a sonnet we've already had, maybe in the. 80s there was a sonnet about look into your glass and and there was a whole sonnet about the fair youth looking into his glass and being beautiful and it seems very similar to that one unless i i mean they would have had narcissus at the time already that would have been a known yes um story it's quite a common um image for lack of a better word to to look at yourself in uh in the mirror and 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 quite self self centeredly goes yeah yeah self centeredly and, and and I'm hot enjoy your own beauty and then just I can say I can truthfully say I've never done that I've never looked in a mirror and gone hey, I'm quite good looking that's that's that thought has never gone through my head when I look in a mirror I do, I've had times when I've just looked at the mirror and just went oh I actually look quite all right today just kind of but usually I just go to the mirror and like, yeah, clean face, good, I can go outside <laughs> like this. I don't have toothpaste all up one cheek and yeah. that kind of stuff. That's that's generally what I do. The problem I have that's... is I don't look into the mirror. I, 
I, I wash and, and brush my teeth, and then I have breakfast after I brush my teeth, which is a hot, contentious subject of whether you have breakfast before or after you brush your teeth. But I have my breakfast afterwards, and milk sometimes gets caught in mustaches and beards, and, and I yeah. have walked to the shop and back and come home and, and kind of wiped my face and gone, there's milk all over my face. <laughs> which makes me wonder how I'm eating my breakfast to get milk all over my face, but... Wait. Yeah, I don't... I usually... I, my, my, my eating pattern is so screwed up that it never really fits in with anything anywhere. <laughs> but was it you have to wait at, at least... Is it half an hour after you've eaten food before you brush your teeth? Really? Otherwise you're just... Yeah, because the, the spit kind of... Is, is a natural help to keep the tooth um, healthy. Okay. And, and if you brush right away, you're just basically just rubbing every the sugar past the spit just into your tooth rather than just helping it i wonder if maybe saliva becomes more active when you've eaten and so if you brush away all the crappy food from your teeth the sal- well you tend to have more saliva when you eat yeah. interesting i did not and know that rule. It's, apparently it's better to just drink a glass of water and just kind of just, just wash your mouth out kind of thing and just Okay, but like, but basically, like mouthwash, just kind of throw it around in your mouth a bit, and just. I I did not know that. That's that's. See, we have we have taught people a life hack. There, I'm claiming that's a life hack. They're popular on the internet. It probably is. I it might I might have read it on Life Hacker at some point, but there are various um, studies about it. If we did show notes, I would send you one, and you could post it. But we we don't. Sorry, we don't do show notes. We maybe... <laughs> too much too much stuff. Oh, we... we a mile long show notes for every episode. <laughs> Next, it'll be. Can you type it? Up? Can you put proper subtitles on it? Ah, oh, no. Oh. <laughs> oh dear. Um. Okay. So other than narcissism, <laughs> he seems quite upset at the fair youth in this sonnet. I think. I think he's getting upset again. Yeah, it does. Well, we it it, uh, it it looks like it's kind of just a wave, just goes up and down from from anger to admiration to just I don't even know depression. Yeah, depression and, seems and... to be where he ends up. I mean, because this I it, it, on the top of it, you kind of read it and it goes, oh, that's quite nice. But then I don't know, reading it for sort of second and third time, you start getting lines like, oh, blame me not, I know more can write, and then look in your glass and there appears a face that overgoes my blunt invention quite, dulling my lines. And it's all the fair youth's beauty as a way of destroying what Shakespeare's trying to do. Kind of, yeah. He's, he, he's we're, we're back to the, oh, you're so beautiful kind of theme that, that you just, the fair youth is too beautiful that, that just any, anything that Shakespeare could write wouldn't it wouldn't come close but I suppose I, I mean because we had the sonnets about I can't write I can't say how beautiful you are and do it justice this actually appears to be more active than passive this is I've written about you but your beauty is dulling my lines so it's almost Shakespeare for the first time putting the blame onto the fair youth it's your fault. You you are making my poetry bad because you're too beautiful. Yeah, I'm not sure if he if he accuses the fair youth of it. Maybe not. I, I read it more as a I I I write about your beauty, but you are just you are still more amazing than what I could capture with my words, kind of thing. 
Okay. I I, I guess I'm. I, I think this is a bit more retrospective than that. This is, I in my mind, it's a, I've written something and you are destroying it. But not, maybe not accusationary. That's so not a word. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe it just, it, it, it's Shakespeare. Uh, maybe, I'm hoping, maybe it's a bit more of a hope. I'm hoping Shakespeare's drawing a line in the ground and saying, this is where I draw the line. I, I You've got to take some of the blame. I hope he said. I hope that happens. Um, I I I I don't have a feeling that it's just Shakespeare being kind of defensive, just just explaining why he can't capture it. Okay. I mean, as a, the couplet at the end of his eye says, "And much uh, and more, much more than in my verse can sit your own glass show you shows you when you look in it." It's it's just a kind of I've written these lines and I've done I, I've 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 done them as as well as I could. But you are still just beyond that. <laughs> you are you are beyond your beauty is beyond that which can be contained in fourteen lines of ten syllables. Over a hundred and fifty, however, uh, six, no twenty something sonnets. Yes, that damn fair youth being so beautiful. I'm trying to. I'm. I, I guess I'm. I'm trying to think. Is there anyone we hold up? I, you. You would know better than me because my my knowledge of modern culture is shocking. Is there anyone we hold up nowadays as being the most beautiful? Does that happen? Do we? Are there ways? Do we rank people? Does that happen in modern culture? We do. We do rank people. Oh, there are various. Um, like. Because um, I know we have like the most influential list and the most. Uh, no, no, they're like um, the hottest. Um, well, we have various contests like Miss Universe, Miss World kind of thing. But there's, um, is it FHM and GQ or whatever? They they have their own, they, they publish lists every year. Because there was the whole upset this year when they put, I can't remember. They didn't put Ryan Gosling on number one. Okay. Or they did. Or they did, they did. Ryan Gosling was one of the two. He either was number one or he wasn't. And, and people just got upset that that the number one wasn't the number one that they wanted, right? As in, as in, hang on, <laughs> it's it's a magazine essentially that decides that just the editors uh, makes a make a list based on their readers' um, polls. As in, I I'm just I'm just and, making um, sure I've googled the right Ryan Gosling <laughs> because if if that's the person, he's not that good looking. He's got he's the he's the actor who's in. Um, only God forgives, and the place beyond the pines, and drive, and he's kind of blonde and and has a beard, and yeah. Uh, so so his his beard hair doesn't match his head hair. His eyes don't point in the same direction. Yeah, his nose yeah, has got a weird bump one. halfway down it. His ears are too small, and his head is too long. He's the most attractive man in the world, supposedly. I'm. There are a lot, a lot of women who think so. Wow, a lot of women are weird. His nose, it looks like a child's first attempt at a nose with Play-Doh. Wow. wow. I, th- I can't, I think he wasn't number one. They put someone else on there, like Bradley Cooper. Or... <laughs> you keep saying names of someone people I don't else. know. Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper. He's, he played um, uh, Silver Linings Playbook. <sighs> he was in Alias. Um I, I know of him. I, I now I see the picture. I know of him. At least his eyes pointing in the right direction. 
They're all copying my style of crazy hair oh, and beard, awesome. though. I... Sherlock actor Benedict Cumberbatch and former actress, uh, Harry Potter actress Emma Watson have been named the world's sexiest film stars in a new poll by movie Empire, movie magazine Empire. Wow. I can't... Cumberbatch beat Tom Hiddleston. So we still do... So we still do this. We still have this yep. concept of you are the most beautiful even though we freely admit that beauty is a sexist man alive that's the title but we we as a culture we freely admit that beauty is in the eye of the beholder and yet we still have competitions for who's the most beautiful how do how can you hold those two concepts in your head at the same time that's a bit double thinky we we are very obsessed with um with beauty as a culture it's very strange my my world my my view of the world really doesn't match with most people's view of the world is what i'm deciding deciding from from doing this and talking to you <laughs> i find that very odd because I, I i one of the things that, that that sticks out to me of the sonnets of why i'm finding them so weird is the idea that you can say categorically that shakespeare can say categorically this person is the most beautiful and their beauty defines all other beauties and and their beauty shall live eternal because beauty is surely relative it has we have to just just as a as a society we kind of have this knack to just decide who who we uh who we worship and and quite a few of them last i mean marilyn monroe audrey Hepburn, they're all people that are dead and then they're still held up as as ideals yeah i suppose yeah and, or, or, i mean alvis presley a lot of people still look up, up to alvis presley and but i suppose there's a difference between being a good looking person and being the most good looking person and i suppose that's yeah but giving someone the title like sexiest man or sexiest woman alive it is that is putting them on the number one spot in the world or calling them Mr. and Mrs. Universe kind of thing. Yeah. That's weird. See, I'm finding that whole concept weird. Maybe, uh, yeah. I d- and and does that, do you, does that come in, bringing that back to Sonnet 103, does that become self-referencing as well? Do they feel the same way? As in, these people who get named top sexiest man and top sexiest woman, do they look into a mirror and go, yes... Yes, I am the most sexy man on the planet. Or, or do they think it's a load of rubbish? I, I mean, I, I don't know what the those celebrities do in their private lives. But every time I see an interview with them, they don't seem. I mean, they're flattered. You, you would be, but they also kind of. They are very just just because they are actors. They are very self-conscious. Yeah, and and. You usually you don't become an actor because you're sure of yourself. You become an actor because it allows you to hide behind a mask. And and I mean, was it Bradley Cooper? I think he was sexist man or did whenever. And and apparently he was very chubby as a kid. Okay. So he just they they come with with all their own personal issues, kind of thing. And and, and it's because at the end of the day, they're people. There are still people. They are still people. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, if you if if they if if someone spent their entire lives being told that they are the most amazing, beautiful person in the world, then eventually they'd pro- probably screw with them. Yeah, that... but if if you just get a title and and then you know that you have fans out there who who uh, 
who would want to sleep with you or who find you in- incredibly attractive just take it as a compliment and feel kind of awkward about it yeah I, I, I know it's never ever ever gonna happen but if someone came up to me and it, I don't think I've ever I, I came to the weird realisation that I don't think anyone's ever hit on me in my entire life it's always been me hitting on other people. And that was an odd realisation that, that maybe I... I've been hit on by gay men. How are you? I, because because I'm I'm weird looking, <laughs> strange and, and slightly chubby. And it doesn't, it doesn't work as a, as a combination. You can be chubby as long as you're not weird. That's kind of the rule. You can't be chubby and weird. That's that's just bad. That because the next step on that is chubby, weird, and stinky, and then you become that weird kid in school uh, who always sat in the corner. Yeah, I'm I'm one yeah. jog to the bus, You're one step away from from, from being that weird kid in the corner at school. <laughs> oh, that's quite depressing. I don't, I don't like Sonic One <laughs> Oh dear. Um. Ah. Uh, I've got I've got people contacting me. There. Uh, um. Sorry. I, I forgot to go on to Do Not Disturb, and and now I got people going. I need to call you. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, actually, that's that's yeah. I might go on Do Not Disturb. Go away, humans. Um. So okay, Sonic Sonic One O Three. Now that I've sent that message, I I don't know if there's much more to say about this. In terms of of there's nothing really deep in here. It just appears to be a you're beautiful. You're destroying my poetry. Go look in a mirror. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I suppose it's whether that's a commandment, though. Is it is it a if you want to see beauty, you're not going to see it in my poetry. Go go look in a mirror, or whether it's a a kind of this is what I'm trying. What I'm trying to do is capture your beauty in my poetry, and it's very hard. I don't quite know which side of that fence to fall on. Whether it's a I don't. He, does he, to me, he sounds defensive and and. Maybe a little bit hurt in the um, dulling my lines and doing me disgrace. Yeah, is is kind of a just. I'm trying so hard, but you're just a stupid boy. And, and the doing him disgrace, I suppose, as well, because he would have been a well-respected writer at the time. Yeah, and and saying you I are mean, doing he, me he, disgrace. He would. He he walked in and out of um, the Elizabethan court. I mean, he he didn't. Um, he wasn't a uh, a nobody at the time. Yeah, so that's... Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think he's being a, a tad defensive. Hmm. Would you like to read this one out? I, I can try. I'll do my best not to uh, turn into song in the end. Okay, that, that, would, be, that would be good. Sonnet 103. Alack, what poverty my muse brings forth, that having such a scope to show her pride, the argument all bear is of more worth than when it... Oh, God, that's a hard line. <laughs> What, line three? Just all of the four. It doesn't flow. It does, it flows perfectly fine. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it does. I'm going to start again because this is not going anywhere. Okay. Alack, what poverty my muse brings forth, that having such scope to show her pride, the argument all bear is of more worth than when it hath my added praise beside. Oh, Blame me not if I no more can write. Look in your glass, and there appears a face that overgoes my blunt invention quite, dulling my lines and doing me disgrace. Were it not sinful then, striving to mend, to mar the subjects that before was well. 
For to no other pass my verses tend than of your graces and your gifts to tell, and more, much more, than in my verse can sit, your own glass shows you when you look in it. Excellent. That was Sonnet 103 of Shakespeare's Sonnets. I've been Mark Chatterley, and you can follow me on Twitter at inearent. And I've been Thierry Healers, and you can follow me on Twitter at Sound of Seagulls. And we shall see you again next time for Sonnet 104. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Shakespeare's Sonnets with Mark Chatterley and Thierry Hellis. This has been an in-ear entertainment podcast. To listen to other podcasts or find out more about in-ear entertainment, go to www.inearentertainment.com.